Well, 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 welcome back. It's First Off, You're Wrong, a podcast by two dudes smart enough to see problems, but too dumb to figure out how to fix them. I am Luke with me is Jeremiah. Hi. We did animal rights last week. Learned lots about our animals and our furry friends. You didn't talk about your cats, though. No, I, talk, I didn't. I talk talked about my no, cats. No, I did talk about my cats. You didn't? I talked about how the one almost kicked me off the bed. Oh, that's right. And then I had to edit a bunch of stuff out around that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, because you told me I couldn't put it in the podcast. Yeah. That's really rude. It was. Yeah, whatever. I you think know what? That I'm it was, sorry. You should put it I back I think it in. was absolutely fine. Hit it with a disclaimer. All right. As you guys know, this podcast is mainly opinion-based. However, of course, as Christians, our utmost authority is Scripture. With all that said, our goal with this podcast is to make you come away thinking about things in a new light or maybe think about stuff you haven't thought about in the past. With that said, Luke, what are people wrong about this week? People are wrong about tithing. 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 Yes. tithing. Tithe. Do you tithe? I, you know what? I don't. You don't. That's good. That's I good. I don't tithe. Yeah, I don't give anything. <laughs> I don't give <laughs> they say, hey, uh, could you fill out the little offering envelope in the front of your pew or back of your pew? And I say, no. No. I won't. Uh, call back to uh, Christian Media. Oh, that's I do right. the thing from Flywheel where I take the empty envelope and I put it in the. Oh, that's right. That's what the, uh, I forgot about you talking about that. Yeah. I thought you were going to. I'm going to actually do uh, best Christmas pageant ever. I'll be a caller for that. That's when the kids took the money out of the offering plate. Ooh. Yeah. And then I don't know. I, they had like a meth lab or something, right? Isn't that what happened? I don't know what you're. It's about children. About. I don't know. I mean, the best Christmas pageant ever. You've never seen it. Never it's Christmas heard of season, it. guys. Let's all make sure that we're watching all Does of that our have Christmas movies. Candace Cameron Burr in it. No, this is like from the '80s, and it has. I don't know who's in it. It's people, actresses, and actors. I've never heard of it. It is a very, very good movie. My mom liked it a lot, so she made us watch it, and so um, I've continued the tradition. Well, of course you like stuff with meth labs in it. That's really rude. Anyway, should we get, <laughs> should we get into like a definition of tithing? Yeah. Well, you got, what do you got for that? I think, so, when when you say tithe... Do you think or do you know? No, that was rude. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. Wow. It I hope you forgive me. on the receiving end. I, I hope you forgive me. Wow. Anyway, go ahead. Um, you know, how about you give the definition? Oh, my no. gosh. So... When most people think of tithe, they think of, you know, you're you're sitting in church and you have the, you know, you're sitting there and the offering plate comes down your pew, your row or whatever, or maybe there's a box in the back of the church that, you you know, you put your money in privately or stuff like that, or you give online. That's what I do. Yeah, baby. Convenient. Um, but it's, you know, your, it's your contribution to the church. It's part of your offering that you, part of your income that you willingly take out and mm. give, not just to the church, but to God. You're giving back what he has given you. And the church, if it's a healthy church, it's a good church, they're being upfront with what they're using their money for, whether it's paying staff or going to missionaries or going for outreach ministries, fixing church vehicles, upkeep of the church. Whatever else is needed, they're upfront with what they're doing and what you're giving, so that way you know that what you're you, you can be that way you can be a good steward of what you've been given. Yeah, it's like correct, I guess. I was looking for like more of a literal definition, but that's fine. Uh, okay, now, well, I'll, ta- I'll take your lame one. But anyway, but does it work? 
Yeah, tithing. So it's like the reason why we get, because I'm, I'm sure if you don't know what I'm about to say, um, I don't know why you don't know this, because this seems to be like the the talking point, like uh, biggest, I don't know what even how to describe this, the biggest talking point when it comes to giving to the church. Uh, so tithing, everyone always talks about 10% of what you earn, correct? Correct. Almost everyone does. Okay, so tithing, the definition, uh, there was, I, I had the I had the Hebrew word for it, and I no clue how to pronounce it, and I said, I'll just, I'll just leave it out. I just want to own it. But we have tenth part or one-tenth, okay? Yeah, it's like old English, so, right? Yes, so that's what it means, and that's why we, where we get our 10% um, number that almost everyone would agree is what, I wouldn't say everyone agrees is that's how much you should give, but everyone would agree that's what comes to your mind first, probably, and I will yeah. tell you that's what comes to my mind first. Yeah. Um, now, I guess let's go into that. Uh, you want to go into, is it 10%? Is it more? What do you want to start so, with? Because we got a lot to cover. The, the 10% tithe is kind of a misnomer as well. So you think about the institution of the tithe, right? That was Israel, which was a theocracy. And God mandated them to give 10% of their income, whatever it was, whether it was physical money or the wheat or whatever they were harvesting, animals, what have you, 10% of that was to be taken every year and given to the, the temple, the, the priests, the whatever they needed, their food, the general use of the, the temple, the Jews were supposed to give 10%. Well, that wasn't the only thing that they were supposed to tithe on. They were also supposed to give another 10% as a tithe for the feasts, the annual feasts and festivals. Yeah, the festivals and the celebrations. So yeah. their tithe per year was 20%. But then every three years, each person was supposed to give another 10% for the poor. And what Jeremiah is talking about, that most of the things that he's bringing up, those are like, you can find that Leviticus 27, yeah. Numbers 18, 21, 24, Deuteronomy 14, 22 through 29. And yeah, I was actually, thanks a lot for taking my point away, um, again, for like the second week in a row. Um, don't open but, the floor to me then. <laughs> I like hearing you talk. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, that's cute. But yeah, okay. love, yeah, we're friends, I guess. Anyway, so uh, most biblical scholars, when I was looking up, you know, what is tithing like in those in that period was it 10%. They said the majority would agree that it is closer to in the 20%, like somewhere in that range, but even some say it could be higher than 30% of mm -hmm. actually what of what you own would be going towards um the temple or the storehouses um because yeah. the priests the Levites, they could not own any land, and they had, was it, it's repeated over and over and over again. They have no inheritance, and so this is their inheritance pretty much mm -hmm. because they don't have an inheritance besides that because they're not allowed to own and, um, things like land. And with that, you know, the 10% every three years, so that really, I mean, if you took that strict, then that's like 23 and a third percent every year of right. each family's Of your total income, yearly, the, right. Of the, of the family income was to go to not just the church, but also to the government combined. Right. Well, 
even at that, like you said, it could get over 30% because if you're a landowner and you're harvesting, you're not supposed to harvest the corners and the edges of your field. Yeah. That's supposed to be for the poor. I didn't know that, but I just said, yeah. Well, (laughs) Well, that's for the poor and they would go and they would be able to glean the, the grain and they could go in and take that little piece of the corners and the edges for themselves. Okay, well, that bumps up a lot, especially the more land you own, the more corners you have. Oh, yeah, right? lots of corners. And then if you're harvesting and you, you're putting everything on a, a all your bales of hay on a wagon and you're driving back to your property and a hay bale falls off the back of your wagon, you can't pick it up. That's for the poor. And so, again, you're losing income as part of your quote-unquote tithe. So it could get up, like Luke said, over 30%. So are we supposed to give... 10%, 30%, maybe even 50%. But that, that's the case. So the, the issue I have with the word tithing and with tithing the uh, attitude around it is that, and maybe you've noticed this too, it's used to give the least amount possible. Mm-hmm. So if people say, oh yeah, you know, uh, you know, for my tithing, I need to, you know, I got to, I'm tithing, so I'm giving 10% of my whatever. But when it comes down to maybe like a benevolence offering or something above and beyond what you normally would give, they go, oh, well, um, like if, but if I gave, you know, let's say, let's may say I make a hundred thousand dollars a year. So 10,000 is supposed to go towards, uh, any kind of offerings or giving to the church yeah. or giving. Right. So they'll say, well, um, I'm going to give, you know, 3000 to this. So actually for the church, I only need to give like 7,000 this year, yeah. as opposed to the, Hey, you could just give a give more and mm-hmm. go above and beyond. Now, again, if, if you're not called, and we'll talk about that obviously later, if you're not called in, in your heart to do something like that, that's fine. My What I'm bringing up here is that tithing to me and what I view it as, especially when I talk to people about it, giving, it's always viewed as the way that you can give the least amount possible and mm-hmm. be able to just hold on to as much. Now, I'm not going to say I'm... Oh man, Luke, you're such a a giver. You're the the biggest giver that anyone's ever seen. Um, I walked in here. I said, "Wow, what a great giver! The best giver on the planet." Uh, no, I've gone through lots of seasons of like giving absolutely zero, um, especially before I, you know, as an adult, found a church where I was, I was, you know, I, I was like, I choose this is going to be my church for my family. Like I wasn't giving to any church. Um, and I mean, I was giving to other causes and stuff, but I wasn't giving to any church. So I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, yeah, I was such a great guy my entire life. So obviously I can preach you know, to all of you people. I'm just saying that that's when I speak to people about giving um, and the 10% thing comes up. It's always how, how, how little can I give and get away <laughs> with it and feel good or or. You know, um, I don't. If you're a prosperity gospel thing, then God won't. God will shine or, up or smile upon me. Or it becomes, uh, well, I gave my ten percent, so I'm, I'm not going to give any more. Right. You know, and it, then it becomes. If there's this, a, if there's like a, a, a need, rigid, a big need, needed. this yeah. rigid rigid legalism, right? So I'm giving my ten percent, so I'm not going to give any more because that's all I'm supposed to give. And you know, the, that's what the Bible says. Well, uh, yeah, but you're kind of taking it out of context. So with, with the tithe in the, in the classical, in the historical sense, I don't think, that's why I said I don't tithe, because technically <laughs> I... Because you I, wanted to elicit a response. Yes. 
because but technically I don't because I'm not paying my tax and temple dues of 23 plus percent every year right so i pay i pay a lot more in taxes than 23 yeah. percent and so you're doing taxes wrong man okay yeah. I'll, get, I'll get you a guy you got a guy, <laughs> yeah, I got a guy. <laughs> who's your worm guy yeah that's right that's right <laughs> but um so it's it's ridiculous the you know the Oh, I shouldn't have said it like that. I was I was still on taxes when I said it's ridiculous. This <laughs> is absolutely ridiculous. Taxes How dare ridiculous. they? Um, but with with everything about tithing per se, yes, I do give to the church, and yes, I do call it tithing. But in this conversation, to elicit a response and to prove a point, no, technically I don't tithe. Right. So, it, but now for the rest of this conversation, when we say, well, your tithe amount or your offering amount, it kind of yeah. means the same to, thing. I'm going to try to keep with the and offering I think, thing. Yeah. I think pretty much everyone that you talk to, if you said, you know, um, you know, we're giving our tithe, this, this, you know, it's a, we're taking up the tithe, then everyone knows what you mean, really. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a confusing thing. Right. It's kind of been turned into this. Um, you know, it's, it, it's been, the meaning of it has changed from that 10%. So let's stick with the 10% thing for a second. So a lot of times when you see pastors get up, cause we talked about this on our last episode, go listen to animal rights when we were spoiling, uh, when we were <laughs> <laughs> previewing this one about how it's the topic that pastors, some pastors don't like getting up there and talking about some yeah. I'm sure do. Um, so I went and watched a few, like, obviously I went to mega church pastors because oh, yeah. I was like, I'm sure this is going to be a great, Joel Osteen, a great place to go to. So I actually didn't go to Joel Osteen, but I watched a couple other ones. I don't even remember what the names were, half of them, but, uh, the, the back in the day, the reason why tithing was part of the law, right? Under the theocracy was because like I said, the Levites who were the priests, priesthood, they weren't allowed to have any land. They had no inheritance whatsoever, unlike all the other tribes. So these tithes were to give the necessary needs for daily life. Okay, that's a, that's a very distinct thing is that it was for the needs of daily life, not the overabundance. Mm-hmm. It was so that the poor, so that the priests, so they could eat, they could drink, they could live, and they could do the things that God has told them that needs to be done. So, of course, now you have pastors nowadays, so they bring up this one. So this is Malachi 3, 8 through 10, a very, very popular verse that is brought up by prosperity gospel or preachers in general that want to like get you to... Do you want to read it, or do you want me to read it in my mega church pastor voice? I will let you read it. I, this is—I don't know if you're going to be able to see it. This is MacArthur's uh, Study Bible app, and oh, it wow. is horrible wow. uh, when it can. And I think he needs to, uh, Mr. MacArthur, Dr. MacArthur. What, what you verse need to, do I need to start? Eight on? through ten. You need, eight you through need to ten. Fix this. Thank All you. right. So my name is Pastor J. Pastor Jerry. Pastor Jerry. Pastor first PJ. PJ. Who's that guy on TikTok and Instagram that does like the pastor first name? I don't know. He's so I, funny. I don't know who it is. I I think it's like Shama, Shamza for real or something like that. He did the Veggie Tales 
rap too. oh yeah, yeah okay i know who you're talking about yeah, yeah. <laughs> his uh, videos crack me up all the time He's like, hey there i'm pastor first name coming to you live well i know because we have a pastor here in one of our big churches where his yep. he, they call him by the two initials and it's like okay uh, what and uh, well I'm, I'm done okay just go ahead and read the Should thing we please try that with our pastor huh she just walk up and say hey, how's it going you know like pastor his actual <laughs> first name we could we could try it. I'm sure he would probably like I don't know kick us in the shin, but you know, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll try this Sunday. We'll see what happens. All right, so let Malachi me see, three. Let me see if I 10. can get into my my mega church. Okay, go ahead. Voice. This better be good, dude. All right, the floor is yours. All right, read with me now from the Word of the Lord. Will man rob God? Yet are you robbing me? Amen. But you say. How have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me. Robbing. (laughs) The whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby, and there. Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Say it with me now, church. No more need. (laughs) No more need. I like that when you uh, repeated that one part. That was like that's uh, that's pretty golden right there. So uh, I think I could use some work on my mega church. I, I, I liked voice. it because it was I like the southern part because that's really what it gets you. So it talks about and like, like uh, Jeremiah, <laughs> Pastor Jay, taught Pastor us, Jerry, just taught us just now. Um, Yet are you robbing me? But you say, how have you, we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? And so they'll say, look, see, it says right here in the Bible that. God is talking to us saying that you're robbing me if you don't give your tithe, which is a minimum 10% because it says, you know, it talks about the tithe is 10%. But then we go back to what we were talking about earlier where the tithe is actually more like 20 something. Let's let's stay with the conservative number. It's 20 something percent. So let's go around and tell everyone that they have to give actually 25% of their, of their income every single year. Yeah, for the tithe, and let's see how that goes over with these pastors that are that are spouting this stuff. And then it, again, the prosperity part comes down to ten, where it talks about, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of Hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. And so that's the whole thing. Where it's like, see, look, he's going to pour down his blessings. Obviously, if you give a bunch of money, and then. Um, is that like the the seed money idea? Yeah, I think so. And and so I went and looked up like what this because I was like, obviously it's if you read it plainly, yeah, I can see where they're coming from with it. But after looking up things, it's it's God telling His people, the Israelites, like, look, you know what? Put me to the test and see what happens. And not in like a <laughs> catch me outside. How about that? No. Like it's not like that. Not God saying that, but it's. You know, put me to the test. I say that I'll shower down these blessings on you. So put me to the test. Give what you're supposed to give because what you're doing is withholding what is rightfully mine because mm-hmm. it is a theocracy at this time. And it's and so give me give me what is due to me and see what happens. 
And God's saying, look, the blessings will be poured down. Now, of course, we take that nowadays and we go, see, that's why you got to give it to the church and whatever. And another thing that comes out of this Malachi selection is the storehouse. And it says, because then there'll be food and or whatever. Abundance, Abundance in, food, my ho- yeah. in my house. So um, again, uh, researching that, was he talking about churches, modern day churches? And the consensus is no, it's not. Because in this case, the storehouses were part of the temple usually, or it was just an, an, an in the premises, but it was an actual storehouse where the food was kept and the Levites would come in there and they would make sure that they distribute the stuff that was there and they would change out things and stuff so, that, so there wasn't rot or anything like that because it wasn't just money, which is what everyone goes to with this tithing thing. That was food. That was drink. It was wine. It was whatever that the people would give, the crops and stuff, the fruit. So it, it's this thing of, well... It says right here, you know, it, you know that his storehouses will be full and stuff. So that's it's money, and it's going to be kept into the church. It's like no, because again, we go back to the priesthood. Their needs were met for their needs, not for their wants. Which nowadays, you look at a pastor who's got a. I'm sorry, I'm harping on a lot of things. I'm, I, I'm, I'll no, be done with it. Okay, I'll be done with this one. I usually don't do this. This is usually Jeremiah's realm. But I, I, I look at the pastors of the big, huge churches, and I'm like, what car do you drive? And I'm not saying a pastor can't what drive a nice car. What color is your Bugatti? What color is your Bugatti? Because it probably is probably something. It's probably uh, it's which true. one? <laughs> exactly. Which one? That's exactly right. And again, this isn't. And I'll and I'll get into it hopefully down if I can remember this. But it's not pastors. I don't think need to be living in poverty. That's not the point that I'm making. That my pastor better not drive a better car than me. My pastor better not have nicer clothes than me. He better not whatever. But like the pastor that came down and started talking about how big his house, it's the biggest house in, I think it was Louisiana. Yeah, it's Jesse Duplantis. It's Jesse Duplantis, okay. So he was He's like, the guy yeah. that claims he died and went to heaven on a cable car and rode around on a horse with Jesus. And oh, back okay, great. And so anyway, so he's got the biggest house in Louisiana. He talked about it and whatever in his, in his sermon. That's what I'm talking about. That's not what the money's for. the biggest for. house in Louisiana. Yeah, and it, it, see, that's perfect. You did a great impression of him. I suppose you didn't even know it. But... That's not what the tithing is for, and to put and to fill God's storehouses with just money, so then the pastor can go get a plane, and then tell all of his congregation, "Oh, I got the plane because we're going to use it for missions." No, no, you're not, and and the people aren't. I mean, was it not? Is it Copeland? Yeah, is he the one that got caught by that? And he's like, no, "Don't you dare! Don't you ever put that?" Yeah, that, that, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so I was just making sure that was him. So like, and that and his, it's again, it's a plane. What car was he driving up when he got there? Like a brand new, like it was like a blacked out Mercedes. That's or what I'm something. saying. Like, or or even if it was a Tahoe or a Yukon. I mean, it's a seventy, eighty thousand dollars, and there's like three of them. A seventy, eighty thousand dollar car, each of them. So it's like, or you can look at a pastor like I don't know, maybe ours drives like a Nissan Altima. That's like, uh, or maybe it's a Maxima. If it's a Maxima, I don't know. Maybe I need to take back what I said because Maximas <laughs> are pretty nice. Um, like I mean, I think it's like a two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I think that I was talking to his grandson who works with me, and he goes, "Yeah, they um, they got a Honda Pilot for something, and you know, it, it's it, it, and he like starts explaining like I'm gonna call them out for having a Honda Pilot, and I'm like, dude, you know that I believe that a pastor should be able to like drive from his home to church and not have to worry yeah. about it, and." and- you know, of all the cars that you could buy, <laughs> a, Honda Pilot. a Honda Pilot or like a Toyota Camry or something like that seems like they're planning on, man, we got to buy one car for the next 10 years and yeah. never touch it. But this going to this Malachi thing, this is a, a, a 
in the researching for this episode, that was one of the bigger squat uh, grouping of verses that yeah. people would bring up because it talks about tithing. It talks about the storehouses of where, where it should all go. And then you can see a lot of pastors, a lot of mega church, but I'm sure a lot of smaller churches too, where it's, you know, that we need to be given the money and it needs to be in the church and then, you know, and whatever. And then when I have my nice, you know, Porsche driving it around on the weekends, you know, you know that you gave it to God and your pastor's taking care of it. It's like, no, I want my pastor taken care of. I want a meeting. I want him being able to drink. I want him being able to drive a car that has gas in it that runs properly. I want him to have clothes that are that are nice that keep him warm in the winter and cool in the summer. You know, I want him and, to have his Bugatti. <laughs> well, I, I was about to go. I'm going to go even a step farther. I want him to be able to have like recreational things. Yeah, I want him to be. I, I want him to have something where he can like you know. This word is, is this word is a slippery slope. I want him to be comfortable. Yeah, I do though. I I want that, my pastor to be comfortable and comfortable in the way of I'm not sitting here worrying like are we going to lose our house because of our mortgage not being paid or we didn't we couldn't pay rent or something. I'm talking comfortable where it's. I know my bills can be paid. I know I'm going to live. I know I'm going to live tomorrow. I know I have clothes. I know I have gas in the car. Yeah. I know I have food. I know I can go fishing or I can go do my whatever recreation thing. I think that's a, a huge thing too, which people yeah. of course would be like, well, I don't think if that's necessary, but it absolutely is. Yeah. It, having an outlet of, okay, you know what? I got to take a break. I'm going to go, you know, do X, Y, or Z because this is what relieves my stress. Fishing is a great example of that, right? If I saw a pastor just standing off on a dock or something, casting a line, I'm sure that is probably just a great way for him to just settle down for a minute. You know, he's yeah. had a long day. He, uh, we were, I was talking to him, or he was, I was in a class with him recently where he was talking about him uh, doing his schedule, right? So he, he said this last week he had five sermons that he preached. Each sermon is eight hours of preparation. Dude. So that's 80 hours. That's so much. Plus he is he one of the administrators for the school. And he has he had other things that he had to do. He had classes he had to teach for the school. He had meetings, people to be with, people to see, and uh, preparations for a funeral as well. Yeah. So... I don't even know how many hours of time that is where he was spending. How, how I can't calculate the right. I said five sermons was 80 hours. It's 40 hours. Right? Yeah, I just let you go but on that one. That he probably did about 80 hours, 90 hours worth of work in one week. So, you know, that's not him showing up on a Sunday morning talking for a little bit saying throw your seed money in the pot and then we'll see what the lord does you know and then going driving away and flying off to aspen in his private jet for a week because he needs to de-stress he's got a busy life right and and like tithing is or tithing goodness gracious here we go we know what you mean giving is to make it where that pastor can focus on that thing Mm -hmm. so like my cousin in Colorado, he he has a uh, a fence business now that he does, and he has a couple other ventures of of making money, and he doesn't take anything from his church, 
but it it does. I wouldn't say it's it sounds detrimental. Like I like oh he's neglecting his church. He's not neglecting his church because when I go there, dude, we are. I I fly out there first night I land. It was I think I got there at five o'clock in the afternoon. Pick up in and out because you got to. Oh yeah. And then so good. go to his house and he goes. All right, I have a I have a Bible study, men's Bible study night. You coming? And I'm like I'm gonna die. But I was like yeah sure I'll come. So we get there around maybe seven thirty. We're there till like 11. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and this is like, also remember, this is Colorado Springs. So I have now altitude sickness um, coming from the low levels of Alabama to the great high areas of the Rocky Mountains. And so then the next day, I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Then he's like, well, we have a dinner with some people from church where we're going to go meet there with some people. I think it was mostly elders or something. So it's almost like an elder meeting. And I just, I said, I, I can't do that. I, I got to sleep. So we didn't do that. Next night, I want to say it was another church event. And then it was Saturday, which I don't think had anything on it. Sunday was church. Monday was a, was a youth, uh, a college and careers class at their house. And so, like I said, he, and he's got all these jobs on top of it. So... Because he doesn't want to take anything from his church. So I'm not saying he's like completely neglecting his church. He's absolutely like in it. Well, like, no, and you got to think. And he's stretched, but he's doing it. There's multiple occasions where Paul in, right. in the Bible, he said, you wanted to give me a gift, but I refused it. I did not want to say that. I did not want anyone to cast on me that I was living off of you, that I was taking these gifts and not doing anything with it. So I worked. And I did not, so I did not have to take these gifts from you. Right. So I have, I have no problem with a lay pastor, but I also have no problem with a pastor who is getting a salary right. from the church. I think there's many different ways to do it that are all correct. And, and I think, and, and, the, and the other thing is that my cousin out there, he, when he, I talked to him about it, and he goes, I firmly believe that pastors do not need to live in poverty. He said, I think it's a ridiculous notion a lot of people have where it's like, well, my pastor should be doing worse than me. I don't care what like what level I'm at. The pastor should be poorer than I am. Like that, I mean, that, and clip, it's, it, and, clip it, clip it, clip it. You can clip that all day. Because I mean, I think that that is, I think that's a sentiment with a lot of people where they might question a pastor because it's like they look at their life and go, well, I'm struggling to make ends meet and blah, blah, blah. And he's not. But also, you know, he's like kind of established in life. You know, he's had other jobs where he was able to do what do whatever it is. Bought and a then, house when I was in second grade. Yeah, exactly. You if only we had bought a house oh, when I was in third grade instead of sitting there in school. Anyway, what was I doing? No, no, what was my I doing? sigma male grind set was not there. It just yet. wasn't. It wasn't there, dog. Hey, but also, I think uh, they're coming <laughs> out with some more courses. Manosphere. Yeah. Anyway, so you have a lot of people that they form jealousy from a pastor if he drives a car that's you know, within three or four years of being brand new, you know, or it, whatever it is. And my cousin's like, it, it, pastors don't have to sit here and live in poverty. And I don't think they do either. I think that they shouldn't be living in overabundance. I think that's ridiculous too. But I think anyone living in overabundance actually is pretty ridiculous. And kind of getting back to the prosperity preachers, yeah. I think they have tarnished that mentality. Yeah. And so I can see where your cousin, especially him being younger, you know, I'm yeah. older than me, Obviously, yeah, he's he's pretty he, old, he, like forty. He's forty. <laughs> like, I think he is. He doesn't look forty. Oh, he doesn't. No. Oh, he's like forty. Am I thinking of the right cousin? He was here before, right? Mm, no, no, no. That cousin's actually actually his older brother. 
Oh. And he's 40-something, too. Oh. He's like 40. But even at 40. He's like 50. Even at, <laughs> even at 40-something, <laughs> you know, having that influence and growing up, seeing all the TV preachers, Ernest Angley, Kenneth Copeland, all those guys. Yeah. Benny Hinn. Good example. Seeing, seeing all of that. <laughs> clip it. Um, <laughs> seeing all of them. And then you becoming a pastor and wanting to be nothing like them. And so now he's in a position where he feels more comfortable saying, I don't want to have any accusation levied against me where I'm living off of these people right. or taking advantage of them. So I'm not going to take uh, a salary from the church. And, you know, that that is putting, you know, the influence of those prosperity preachers is what co- is causing him to move into that vein. Right. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that that is... But what I think is wrong with is when you have people in your congregation that go to that mentality because of what they see with yeah. prosperity and then, and then put it on you where it's like, guys, I'm sorry, I don't live in a mega mansion. I don't live in whatever. I don't have this. I don't have that. So I'm confused. And then they're just, no. The money has to be going somewhere and I don't see it happening. And it's like that... I think that leveling that against a pastor when you can look at their lifestyle and... Um, maybe even look at the lifestyle of the people that work at the church where it's not like above and beyond like wow why does uh, I don't know the janitor have a, <laughs> a 2024 like GMC Denali like tur- wow. turbo diesel dually and a brand new trailer like I mean yeah obviously that might be questionable but I mean obviously he's doing something different besides the church stuff yeah but that like if you don't have that then sitting there and falsely accusing like a church of being like well the money's going somewhere and i, I that's ridiculous yeah. and and you're the problem and you go leave and find a church that doesn't have a pastor that um you know has a car you know does has a horse and buggy instead of a car or something i don't, I don't know what you want at that become point become amish i guess yeah at that point you you're literally making this 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 thing where it's impossible for anyone to this like Hollywoodized mentality yeah. of the the minister who's this you know he lives in the parish attached to the <laughs> church and he has a stool and a bed <laughs> you know right. both made of hay so but, let's get let's get back into uh, tithing offerings and all that stuff because you know we now gone on we, actually yeah. I, I wanted to talk about that pastor thing I really want to talk about it anyway so um, in the research and uh, in my opinion generosity. I'd say we'd say pretty key aspect of being a Christian. Yeah. And yeah. so charitability. I started looking around because I think we a lot of people, including myself, uh, for a long time have problems with, you know, well, if we're not tithing, if that's not what it is, what is it? What is the amount we're supposed to give? Like, how are we supposed to do this? And what I want you guys to maybe think of is Old Testament, you have the tithe. Okay. That was a that was a taxation system-ish. That was a law-given thing. Okay, that, that they had to do in the New Testament, and Jeremiah and I both um, brought these uh, set of verses, I guess, or he he pulled from them too. Um, it's you need to think in the New Testament, which is what now we're living. This is after the cross, right? After the resurrection, we're living in a state of forget tithe. It's what it's it's being generous. Mm-hmm. It's the generosity of the believer. This it's, is no longer the, here is the law, here is the amount, you don't follow it, and you're in trouble. Like, God's going to curse you and all this stuff. It, and and with that, you know, we're from the Old Testament moving into the New Testament. We moved from, you know, now the physical to the heart is being prioritized right. more, more. So the, the attitude of your heart is being prioritized. But also, 
we're moving from the it being a tax essentially yeah. as a temple and a state tax to now the state is Rome and so Jesus says render unto Caesar that which is Caesar and right. unto God that which is God so now these two are separated and in that separation you get verses like 2 Corinthians 9 6 through 8 and half of this prosperity gospel people like to preach but they don't add the other part um <laughs> So 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work." So you can probably tell the parts they like to read and the parts they don't like to read. They like to read, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. But they don't like reading the part of give as much as you have decided in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. I decided to give zero to them. Well, (laughs) yeah, to the the earnest angelies of the world. I don't know why I keep going. You know what? I will will give, I will give Joel Osteen and every mega church, I will give them their tithe. Okay. And I will give it to them in livestock and in fruits and vegetables. I wonder what would happen if I showed up with a semi truck load of wheat and took it to just wheat. To okay. Joel, yeah, just plain wheat, unprocessed wheat, and dropped it at Joel Osteen's church. Like, well, that, that's hey, the tithe. He wanted this is it. My, this is my literal seed money. Look, listen, okay? The harvest was great and bountiful. Oh, my phone just went off. I'm so wow. sorry. It's, okay. it's, it's a sale. <laughs> I really needed this. I really needed <laughs> like this. Over. I really needed this. Uh, you know, I had a very bountiful harvest, and I just uh, obviously I not really if felt sales. I really just felt in my heart felt moved to give my tithe and not steal from God anymore. You know, according to Mister Mister Olstein, and uh, so here is the wheat that I owed you, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I've now left it in your uh, your parking lot. I hope that it helps with your cause, whatever that is. And um, yeah, Amen. What you could do is say. And mixed in with the wheat is a million dollars, and then put one of those like million dollar bill tracks. Or maybe there's like four hundred thousand dollars, you know, behind some urinal there too. I don't know. You ever hear that story? Oh, don't tell me you haven't heard this story. I don't know that story. This was like, I mean, two years ago that they there was a plumber that went. In, I don't know what that noise was. I just heard. Sorry. Anyway, there was a uh, plumber that went into the bathroom because it was something was going wrong with a urinal or something, and they busted the wall, and, and there was four hundred thousand dollars. Hiding in between the wall at Osteen's church. Yes, at Osteen's church. Osteen, not Olstein. Sorry, Osteen's church. Yes, hundred. This is a hundred percent confirmed. I'm not just making this up. And by that, I mean I hope I'm not because I. Well, was... really, the janitor found a million dollars hidden behind that year. <laughs> <laughs> no, he found nine hundred. No, I'm sorry. What would be ten percent? He found four hundred and forty thousand dollars. He took his tithe and then he gave the rest to the church. Uh, but yeah, so whatever. Then he, but if wow. you say that to them, they might actually look for it. I'll tell you that. But yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like at this point, if we're gonna start doing the the whole let's nitpick or not nitpick, let's uh, pick and choose, cherry pick what kind of. Uh, verses we're going to use for this, it's like, I, I mean, fine, then I'll do it. And, you know, from now on, and you get cow meat. 
Like, uh, not cow meat. I'll find something else. What? I'm going to raise pheasants. No, ferrets. Ferrets. Ferrets? Ferrets. ferrets? <laughs> it's a ferret and a, and, and something else <laughs> mixed together, all right? It's something else, all right. That's right. I'm going to skin them, and then I'm going to leave the skins for them. That does kind of make me think, too. So, you probably have heard the, the Dave Ramsey point. I disagree with Dave Ramsey. On this, okay. he does have a lot of good stuff to say, so I'm not knocking Dave Ramsey. How dare you? I, love I Dave. just disagree with this part of Dave Ramsey that Dave will keep you grounded. He he says, even if you're in debt, then you should be giving ten percent. No, that's incorrect, and I do not agree with um, that. I actually because I have a verse. You keep talking I'm because whose money are you giving? Yours or the banks? The banks. So, yeah, I don't agree with that. I, I got that. Furbage from Todd Friel at Wretched Radio. Go listen to Wretched Radio. It's a pretty good show. Um, but he, you know, his, I, I don't agree that you should be I giving. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I don't I agree. laugh so hard when I re-listen to that. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> We're not, I'm not even doing a parody of Dave Rubin. I'm doing a parody of the Freedom Tunes version. That's right. Dave That's Rubin. exactly what I'm doing too. Yes. <laughs> oh, trust me. I know all about it. But, um, yeah, so... I don't think you should be tithing. You should be giving money if you're in debt. But you know what you could be doing? One, getting out of debt as fast as you possibly can. And I'm not talking about a mortgage. I'm talking about like student loan debt or credit card debt. But one, get out of debt as fast as possible. Two, the church needs to be vacuumed. The bathrooms need to be cleaned. The... You know, the the floors need to be mopped. The grout needs to be scrubbed. You can clean the water fountains. You can do all these things outside of regular ministry to alleviate some cost. You could say, hey, pastor, I can't tithe right now. I'm in serious debt. I don't have the money to give to give to the church. So is there a way to get, instead of paying for the janitor or the cleaning service to come in and, you know, do all this. Can, can I do it? Right. And actually to go down that rabbit hole, because it's something I've been praying about and thinking about. Giving time, there's two different types. Because I hear a lot of people, they'll say, oh, I'm going to give my time. I can't, I'm not going to give my money. Even though they have money. These are different kind of people. Mm-hmm. But they give their time. They give their time to things that are volunteer basis. So, like, yeah. let's say with me, I do... I want a games for the kids, right? So they're not going to go pay a dude to go and be the Awana game leader for the church, right? So me saying, well, I'm giving my time to the church, so you know, I don't have to give money. I'm giving time. Yeah. Um, so actually, that's a really good thing. I think your heart's in the complete wrong place. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry, I don't think. I know it is because that's not how it works. If If I'm going to go and volunteer my time for a volunteer position... That's not giving time in a way where it's like giving something I have to the church. It just is. And I, that sounds weird, but I hope maybe you guys are understanding what well, I'm saying. That's expected. You're right. As, as a, a church, as a member we're, of yeah, a church, you're expected to do things for the ministry, right? Right. You're expected to run a lot of games, help with the kids. If you're not right. going to, if you're not good with helping with the kids, Maybe you can sing in the choir. If you don't know how to sing, maybe you can help with the sound. If you don't know how to help with the sound, maybe you can run a camera. If you don't know how to run a camera, maybe you <laughs> can stand in the back and pass out flyers. Yeah. If you can't stand in the back and pass out flyers, maybe you can sit in the back and pass out flyers. 
there's something for you to do. There's something for everyone to do. And the difference is also in the heart because like, and that's again, what we're going to go to a thousand times probably here is the person who says I can vacuum to alleviate a cost to help this church is doing it because they're like, I cannot give the money that I am making is all I have. And this is actually, and you thank you for taking up time. Uh, I, the verse is, uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 12, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, that's where you need to go if you're wondering about what, like any of the stuff we're talking about, go read those two chapters and it will outline everything, look up what the verses, like each one, like commentary on the verses and it will, it will open up your mind to what, why we have come to the things we've come to on this topic. So 8, 12, 2 Corinthians 8, 12, we have, for if the readiness is there, that's the readiness to give. It is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. And it's that last part of the verse I want you guys to hear. Not according to what he does not have. That is the the thing that Dave Ramsey's saying. Well, you should still give 10% even if you're in debt. Like you should, you know, the money that, you know, and I think that maybe what Dave is trying to say, because, you know, he and I are first name basis, mm-hmm. is that if you're still in debt, like let's say you've, because I'm pretty sure that his whole plan is you pay off the like consumer debt you pay off the car payment or you you get rid of like the dumb debt when you get to the mortgage part that's when it's you give he always says give 10 percent to a church or to whatever the ministry is and then 15 percent goes to um yeah investments and stuff like that so i think that when he's talking about that he's more talking about because i want to be fair to him uh, but i know there's people out there that would be like well even if you're if you're in debt and you're struggling you still need to be giving money to the church that's absolutely untrue and unbiblical because right there in this verse you're it's saying it's not according to what you don't have if i don't have money to give the church like what jeremiah was saying why can't you find something to do that mm-hmm. the church needs help with not not the voluntary thing like i was talking about with like the kids ministry or singing in the choir i sing in the choir so i don't need to give money to the church wrong you you need to find things like, hey, I know we need to, we need this something painted. I can paint. I know how to do it. I'll do it for free. I don't, don't worry about the char- anything like that. I'll deal with it. Stuff like that is how you can use your time to help when you cannot monetarily help the church or help the ministry. That's perfectly fine. And I don't think anyone should feel ashamed if they're doing that or have to do that. I think that's a very noble thing to do because a lot of people that can't pay the money, they won't do anything. And people that have the money to pay, they won't even pay the money. Mm-hmm. So you guys should give at least 30%. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that that number, too, we already talked about. But I think 10% is honestly not a bad area it, to start It thinking, is a good starting right? point and a good place for everyone to go, okay, this is maybe in my head the minimum. Unless you, If you're called to give 5%, then give 5%. But 10% is a good place mm-hmm. to be like, okay, if I don't know anything, go there. And that was growing up, we got an allowance every week from my parents. It was when before we turned 10, it was $3 a week. And then after we turned 10, it was $5 a week. And we had envelopes. We had three separate envelopes. We had tithe, which was 10%. And whatever we got, it was at no matter what, 10% of our uh, allowance went into tithe. Then we had short-term saving, which was... 25% and then we had long-term saving which was 25% and we had those three envelopes so then every time we got an allowance 60% of that allowance 
was going into those envelopes, and then the rest went into our wallet. And that parents was, were taxing you. That was from a young age. <laughs> <laughs> that was our, you know, yeah. it, we we want a gumball. We can, you know, my parents would not question if we grabbed something from the, from our wallet. Like if we just had the money in our wallet, then. You know, hey, how do you have ten thousand dollars? Mother, be quiet. If we I had to buy my new Bugatti or, or a Coke or something. Then, yeah, okay. Yeah, but if we wanted to get something out of our short term or long term saving, we had to check with quote unquote the bank, right? Our parents. Yeah, and that was for you know until we were. But I also think it's a good thing what they did because tithe or offerings, givings. I know whatever. I just don't want to say tithing. It just makes it very difficult for me sometimes. Okay, calm down. So giving is something that you need to teach your children to do. Yeah. You have to teach yeah. them because I, I, I like to earn money and I am human. And I will tell you that from, from a young age till, you know, just a few years ago, like I giving scoff, I scoff at it. There was a, there was a night I'll remember where God, like he, he got to me that night. I really did. And like I did a lot of research into something and um, and found some of these people that they're close to my family. Um, and my grandfather was a very, uh, I guess, a good, a good person that was connected with them. And I found that was like, because I wasn't going to church at the time, but I was like, I need to be giving to something. And that was my outlet to give to. And so, but like I said before then, it was nothing. I yeah. wouldn't give anything because I want to, and that's what kids are like. Okay, I was doing a very childish thing, which is I have to, I, I can give away the money I just earned or just got. No, like go go up to any kid right now and go. I'm go up to my daughter right now, and she's holding like something she doesn't even care. No, she's not even holding it. It's just sitting on the ground, and and, and you go pick it up. Mine, mine. You know, freaking out about it, like. That's the way that we're wired. And mm-hmm. so you need to teach your kids to give. And that's, that's if they're reluctant about it, fine. I, I think that they can be reluctant about it because you're teaching them something. It comes down to an adult where we're sitting here and it's like, you understand how things work. You understand how the church works. You understand how money works, how we need money to do things to do, to have the ministry of, of Christ, you know, it, it to actually work. We need money to further his kingdom. So sitting here and being like, well, I mean, I really just, I mean, it's a very childish thing to want to hold on yeah. to. It's so much all the time. And I'm not telling you, hey, you need to give 90% of what you own. Like, no, you need to you need to pray about it. That's number one. You need to read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. And you need to come to your own thing. If you're going to give 1%, give 1%. If, if you have no... If the if the spirit is not like just pressing on your heart to give more, fine. I don't care. Give one percent then. If if you want to give fifty percent, give fifty percent. But that also goes to another thing, which is don't start flaunting that you're giving so much and giving your fifty percent to the church or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, Christ talks about in Matthew, it's Matthew six, three through four, where he says, Don't let your left hand or your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Vice versa, one of the other. And it's saying like we you, don't sit here and make this huge production of giving. It's like when the Pharisees were giving all the money to the to the, I guess it was a synagogue, mm-hmm. and they and they made it where it was a show. Like look how much I'm giving. Oh, I'm so I'm so good and holy. And that woman gave well how much two she mites. Gave? two mites. And then he said that her offering 
was greater than theirs. Mm-hmm. And then they were all up in a, in a huff about it. And the point is because she gave out of poverty and gave willingly. And they're, I don't think they're even giving willing. They're giving because they want everyone to see how much they're giving. Mm-hmm. So that it's now a everyone's worshiping me type thing. And so Christ just curved them right there and was like, no, that's not how it works. And so, you know, what you're offering, it, it means little. And her offering means much. And that's just how it is. And people don't like to hear that. And they want, you know, we have this culture with like TikTok and Instagram where everything is, I want you to see how much I'm giving. Like, look what I'm giving this person, this homeless guy. I think there's a guy just got caught where he would walk into a Burger King or something and go, how much would it cost for a thousand burgers? And they go, a thousand burgers. Oh my gosh. And then what he would do is he, they, they bring him a big box of a big bag of burgers and then you go, okay, thank you. So it made it look like he bought a thousand burgers where he only had bought like 50 and then he goes and hands them out. And so then people start calling him out on it. But again, he's sitting here trying to make a whole TikTok page about how, how much, how, how generous he is. Yeah. And now the, the heart going back to the heart, it, it's, it's ugly. It's terrible. And I think it's, it's not something God, God is, loves a cheerful giver. But also, God does not want us sitting here going, yeah, everyone, look at how much money I can give and how much money I am giving. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, again, focus on your heart with it. Don't listen to your heart, but think about where your heart is when you're doing these things. You know, you should be giving. I don't think you should be giving to a point where now you can't provide for yourself or your family because you're over giving. But you also got to think, okay. You, you buy a, a soda every day or you buy a, you know, you buy lunch once a week. Pepsi Zero. Pepsi Zero max Sugar Max Taste. Oh, so you know, good. those things. But you're not giving to church, right? So you're, you're getting indulgences. You're getting things that are not a necessity, but you're not focusing on a priority. And, and final thing I want to say, too, is it, if you're giving 10% or however much the Lord lays on your heart to give, and you're thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe I want to give to Salvation Army or you want to round up for marching times at Publix. I think that's totally acceptable. I don't think there's any reason for us to not, you know, lady sitting outside of Hobby Lobby ringing a, a bell for the Giving Salvation Army. Giving to something Army. besides the church yeah, is still you, you a very You can give to something besides the church. And God is not sitting there going, hey, wait, why, was, why did you get that to me? Yeah. No. You can give to stuff besides the church. One, so long as it agrees with a biblical message, you know, you're not going to be given to Planned Parenthood. And two, as long as you're giving with the Lord is correct first, right? That's the priority. Your first and utmost authority is uh, your first and utmost priority is the church. And authority. Well, not of the church. I'm sorry. No, well, Catholics love me now. (laughs) We started, we started, we started going to Rome really quick. Oh, okay. Um, All right. We got this. Oh, wow. Back, get back on. Get back on. Uh, cut this. Cut um, this. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I didn't know you were going to say church, okay? But I thought no, you were going to no. say something uh, else. So, with all that said, it is, it's totally fine to give to, like, you know, an organization, a charitable organization that is in agreement with Scripture. Another thing for a lot of people is they don't want to give to a church, again, going back to the topic of, well, I don't think that the church uses the money the right way. I think that this is a very stupid reason and a dumb reason because you need to go find a church then 
that can give the right, that can use yeah. the money in, in what you deem is the right way. Again, it comes down to it's a you problem. Um, now, if, you're, if, your money, if your money is, like, let's say, again, you go to a church and your money, like, you, you watch the pastor driving a brand new car, or, you know, he's got a, a, a 5,000 square foot house for his family of three. You know, those kind of things. Yeah, I could see that being a, hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't be giving the pastor this much money as a salary. Like, I understand giving what he needs, but, the, I mean... Or, or what what is going on with that? And now, if you're in the situation of my cousin where he's not taking anything from the church, and you know he has a, a, a oh nice job, buddy. Hey, it didn't go off. It just fell. and he has like a nicer truck, and he has a nice you know he has a good house. You know, obviously, then you need to be like asking. You can ask questions. Who cares? Ask questions. You should know these things about your church. But if the biggest reason why you're not going to give is because you're like, well, I just don't think that they're doing that. Then go find a new church. Go find a church that does the things that you think are correct. As long as they're biblical, fine. But I think that a lot of times when people aren't giving because of that reason, I would ask, why are you still here? Mm-hmm. That's my biggest problem with it. Why are you still here? Stop figuring out ways with the tithe part and being only 10% or whatever and the, well, I don't really trust where the money's going type thing, but I'm still at this church, so I'm not going to give though, to try to find a way to not give what God has given you. It's ridiculous and you need to stop. You ready for Luke's list? You know, I think I am ready for a Luke's list. (laughs) All right, so this week, our list comes from pastors.com. Pastors.com. Pastors.com, all right? That sounds like a reputable source. Eight reasons. This is from 2013, too. So, Oh, my goodness. Guess who wrote Ten this? Ten years ago. Guess who wrote this? John MacArthur. No. he oh. Come on. No, we think of someone that you would not like. Joel Osteen. Smaller, but yeah. He's um, not as big as a, of a influence as, as I'd say is. Uh, Joel Osteen. Oh. Just one more guess and I'll tell you. Um, I don't know. Rick Warren. Rick Warren. Rick Warren. I didn't know he did it. When, oh. I, when I found this, I did not know it was him. All right. So these are eight reasons believers give to your church. So it's why they give to your church. Okay. So let's go through them. Number one, people give when they trust leadership. The sheep listen to the shepherd's voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Even if you are a consult, if you use a consultant to help you raise money, why would you use a consultant to help you Ooh. raise money? That's what he, that's what this says. If even if you use a consultant to help you raise money, you as a pastor still need to be out front because the people who ask for giving needs for for the giving needs to be the person with the most credibility. Yeah, I mean, I agree with the premise, but I don't understand. Who but why, who why is there a consultant? I'm sorry. Yeah. Actually, no, I, I will say this. There was one time there was a church here. It was not Church of the Highlands because I harp on them too much. It was a different church I used to go to. And there was this dude and my Aaron. I can I can say Aaron's name because he, he's been on the show. Uh, go listen to Pokemon and Manosphere. Yes. So he and I were there for, I think it was a Christmas Eve service. And this dude, this dude walks out. And uh, go listen to physical fitness. He's the opposite of that. And he walks out, and then he has a, a brand new iPad. Like at the time, probably nine hundred dollars or something. He's using it as a clicker to swap through slides to then ask us to give him money for some <laughs> ministry. 
And Aaron and I, I mean, I'll never forget it. That Chris, we went home with my dad and we just started. Like, Aaron was like, well, maybe if he would take his McDonald's budget. I, that was the first one. I was like, that's really harsh. But I was like, point, I was like, look, look at this iPad. I said, this iPad is literally a thousand dollars. Why aren't you using that money for your ministry? Why are you asking me for anything? And you're only using it as a clicker. You yeah. could have bought a $5 clicker. Okay, we're, we're done. <laughs> All right. Number two, people give when they catch a vision, not when they see a need. I don't. Okay. The Bible says, where oh. there is no vision, the people perish. Did you know that Ivy League schools usually receive the largest endowments? And they are the schools that need the least amount of money. Why? People give to success. They give to vision. Wow. Okay. Yeah, catch a vision. <laughs> catch a falling star and, and put it in your pocket. pocket. Save it for a rainy day. Bum, 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 yeah, bum. we shouldn't sing anymore. Why people <laughs> give to success. Why people give to success. They give to vision. They don't give to needs. Why? Why is that a, a church All I'm topic? Is the the like? Why is that for a church? Yeah, that's Ivy League school isn't <sighs> a church. No, just I don't. Why? No, I don't want to just move on. With that. <laughs> what no... the heck, Rick Warren? <laughs> oh, this wow. is... you're really expecting solid no, know, takes from Rick Warren. Maybe he sells that book. Gives it enough churches. Anyway, don't you have that book somewhere? No, my church. Uh, when I was a kid, they made us all, including the kids, read the book. For 40 days, I did not read one page. But that was mostly because I just didn't want to read. But now I definitely wouldn't have, and I would have told my church to yeah, I'm, do I'm something. finding a new church. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we did. Uh, people give to experience the joy of generosity. Yeah, in a secular sense. Yeah, What? what is, like, no, we... The greatest <laughs> gift is giving. <laughs> like, but why? So I'm only giving so I can feel... So I can feel something. Yeah. So you're gonna. So it's a, so it's a me thing again. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna plead to the emotions of your congregants and say, "Hey, you know, you're gonna feel good if you do this." Eh, no. Number four. People give when they are inspired by models. Okay. Well, I don't think they're talking about, like fashion models. But why male models? We learn best by watching models. That's why a testimony about giving is a thousand times more effective than a sermon on giving. But so why male models? <sighs> Shut up. Anyway, so we so we're supposed to. So this is a prosperity gospel thing at this point. Yeah. With this is a uh, someone talk about it. They gave something and then God gave them back tenfold, and now that's what you need to do. Okay, people give when they are involved. Paul told the Philippians, "I thank my God because of your partnership in the gospel." The fact is, those who are most involved in the campaign will be those who sacrifice the most. Okay. I don't, I, mean, I don't understand what that means. I think so. what he's what he's saying is like so you and I are involved in our church heavily. So yeah. we will give the most because we're involved in it. As opposed to someone who's less involved won't give as much. But again, I'm I, this is just a eight reasons why people give but like four of, or three of these have already been like this is how you manipulate them to give. Yeah. <laughs> Should just be here are some reasons to get your people to give you more money. I don't know. Okay, number six. People give when you ask them to give. Well, I'm going to just skip it. Well, I mean, that's not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Number seven. People give when you make it possible for them to give. I mean, again, not wrong. Passing the offering plate is giving them an opportunity and asking them to give. So, Number eight, and finally, people give when their gifts are appreciated. 
I the have, whole book of Philippians is just a thank you letter from Paul for their offering, for their financial support. I mean, you could say Second Corinthians is literally just well, Second Corinthians eight is him is it was talking about Macedonia. I think that was the church that gave like a ton, and so he was, and then the Corinthians weren't giving because they were told by false teachers that Paul's ministry was was bad. Okay, and so he had to like talk to them and stuff. You can you can all just absolutely berate me if I'm wrong. I don't think I am though. So it was a thank you letter from the flip for the Philippians from Paul, and so therefore, if if my pastor comes to me and says, Luke, I looked at how much you gave last year, and thank you, I will give more now. I just don't see that happening. But also, I mean, I guess I would take the thanks, but I'll also be like, please don't look at how much I give, because yeah. then it feels almost like you're. Because even like I know that they have to keep track of those things, and especially like you do taxes and stuff, you know they want to send it to you. But even then, sometimes it feels like I don't, I don't even want them to know. And it's not like I'm because I'm giving nothing. It's because like I just don't, I don't want it out. I don't want people, I just don't want people knowing that information. I don't, so, I, I don't want them knowing. So you want to know something funny? I'm sure you probably know this already. Go ahead. At our church, and just using our church as an example, yeah. if, uh, you know, probably, hey, maybe a good model like Rick Warren is talking about. But <laughs> after the offer, offering has taken place on the Sunday and evening services, all of the deacons go back into the back room of the church, close the door, and all the deacons are in there. They each count the money. They take a record of the money, then they put it in an envelope, lock it in a safe, and then the next day, one of the deacons comes, and only the deacons have the the code to that safe, to take the money and deposit it in the bank. Why don't they just deposit it after the service? (laughs) It's a Sunday. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Ruin the joke, dude. All right, go ahead. Anyway, a few weeks ago... All the deacons were sick, and so, or like were out of town. They 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 weren't they weren't able to go on Monday right. to deposit the the money, and so someone said to Pastor, "Hey, can you take the money and deposit it?" And he's like, "I don't know how to get into the safe." I'm like what? Yeah, I've I've never I've never gone into the safe. I, I don't I don't know the code. <laughs> so you know again don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing maybe that applies probably doesn't i'm gonna get called out on that one but i'm sticking to my guns you know every Um, time we say we're gonna call out on something that we're gonna people are gonna get mad at us like like first i don't i mean there probably are but you guys can yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway i think that's it i think that's a good bow bow. (laughs) hope you guys enjoyed this episode on tithing um, I hope you guys learned. I really hope you guys learned something. I think this is a huge topic, especially for younger believers or people that maybe fell fell out of the faith uh, that decided that this wasn't. Go for listen them. to deconstruction. Yeah, go listen to deconstruction, please, and repent. This is a good episode for you guys to listen to to really understand what it is to give nowadays. It's not this stringent rule that if you don't get 10%, you're sinning. No. It, it comes down to, in one sentence, it is all about your heart, and it's about the generosity that the Holy Spirit puts upon you. Obey the Holy Spirit, and you're good to go. If it's 5%, if it's 1%, if it's 90%, it doesn't matter. That's how much you should give. Okay? Cross the board. Don't listen to a pastor that tells you, no, you should give this set amount. He's wrong. 
And I'm not a pastor. So there you Neither go. Neither am I. <laughs> and also, don't let the prosperity gospel people dissuade you from giving and thinking that everyone who, you know, says, oh, you're supposed to tithe is, you know, just being stupid. What is the point of giving and having generosity if you expect to get something back? Yeah. I don't understand that part. Yeah. That's what I never understood about prosperity gospel. Anyway, so again, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Next week, guns. Okay, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, you know, I would I would edit this out normally, but Jeremiah just pointed at his pistol uh, and my pistol next to it, and that just that's the visceral reaction I had. Is that what you'd like to do next week? All right. So next week, like I just said, will be why you're wrong about firearms. Firearms in the Christian life. I actually cannot wait to hear what Jeremiah has to say about this and what I have to say about this. Oh, Your man. eyes got so big. You were like, <laughs> guns? I know. It was like a liberal like looking at an AR-15 <sighs> for the first time. Anyway, uh, where can people find us? <laughs> people can find us on TikTok and Instagram at first off you're wrong. You can also find us on X at F underscore O underscore Y underscore W. You can also email us if you have a question at contact at first off you're wrong. That's contact at first off you're wrong. Did you tell them where they can hear us? No, that's your job. Oh, well, you did it last week. You guys can hear us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but you already knew that. And just to reiterate, next week we are talking about why you're wrong on firearms. That'd be guns, dog. Get your guns here. But, Gats, the most important thing that you all learned this week is that first off, you're wrong. Bye-bye. Guys? <laughs> <laughs>